thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. Another event that's going to be taking place this week and will certainly provide great interest for those who are in the world of journalism, but also those who are in the world of tech, and in fact just you and me who are interested in how narratives exist and in fact what is uh, uh, information that is truthful and what is information that is misinformation or disinformation. So from the 20th, which is tomorrow, to the 22nd of November, the Witz Science Stadium and Witz University on the West Campus are going to be looking at how we focus on keeping journalists safe and the future and sustainability of investigative reporting when we look at things like artificial intelligence and indeed data journalism as well. First of all, on the line we have Tsepo Chabalala, who is the manager and team lead of um, a research and training project called Journalism AI. Tsepo, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Sepo, I understand that there's been a global survey which has taken place on the relationship between journalism and artificial intelligence. What are some of the lessons that we've learned from that particular research? Some of the lessons we've learned is that um, since the coming up of generative AI, we've seen rapid experimentation uh, and incorporation of generative AI in various newsrooms. Uh, a lot of newsrooms are trying to figure out how to integrate and use that technology um, within the newsrooms, within the news production and news gathering uh, processes. Uh, we've also seen that there are ethical concerns, integrations that come with the technology uh, versus upholding journalistic values. Uh, but we've also seen that AI is um, unevenly dis- distributed across the world. So you see that the global north um, have more AI integration than the global south. Um, and also we've seen that uh, there's a need for transparency um, in how we use this technology as journalists, as newsrooms, as editors, uh, but as, as, as well as there's a need for collaboration, um, whether it be across news organizations, uh, whether it be across uh, tech institutions or universities and newsrooms, uh, there is a mutual collaboration to see how well and responsibly we can use this technology. Tsepo, it's. I was recently at a, an event in the UK which was hosted by uh, Meta and one of the things that really struck me was the fear of artificial intelligence and how that plays out in a variety of different spaces. How are you seeing that play out in the world and the space of journalism? It's twofold. Um, you have the one side that is um, excited to use the technology yeah. And you have one other side that is hesitant. Um, and so it's, it's about bridging that gap between those two groups of people within the newsroom. Um, Lacking like other technology, um, one has to understand what it can and cannot do. Um, and I believe that the hysteria uh, or the excitement from either side is, is based on that, in trying to understand what it can do and what it cannot do, what are the benefits of it, what are the disadvantages of it. Um, and so I think once people understand what it can and do, and we'd be able to sort of move forward to figure out how we can benefit um, from this technology. You mentioned the Global South, the Global North. Of course, that is the huge debate. And I suppose the huge debate then becomes the digital divide. And one of those issues are, of course, what we need to be concerned about and think about. Is there a way for us to play catch up, maybe even piggyback on top of the Global North? Absolutely. I think there's, there's, 
the reality is we are already in the global south. We are already experimenting. We are already working with this technology. Um, I think at, at this point, we need government and tech companies to give more resources and support to global south museums. Um, we see that a lot of the platforms are geared towards global north audiences. Um, the documentation, the information that are on these platforms are mostly or mostly have content or data that's more global north than global south. So a lot of the times, it goes back to representation. Um, we don't see ourselves in any of this data. Um, and, and part of the problem or part of the issue that comes with that is bias. Um, mm. You know, um, you see a lot of, uh, you know, when, you, when you're looking for a specific topic, um, a lot of the time it's white or it's male, um, and it's, the diversity is missing in that um, work. And so essentially what, what, what needs to happen is we need to see how we can play catch-up or how can we contribute to the conversation um, as the Global South news organizations when it comes to uh, using AI um, across the board. Fantastic. Tsepo, thanks so much for joining us. We've also got Ron Nixon on the line, Vice President of News and Head of Investigations, Enterprise Partnerships and Grants at Associated Press or AP. Ron, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. We know that you will be joining at the um, event which is taking place over the next couple of days. How are you seeing some of your journalists at AP Associated Press using AI in a positive and possibly even excitingly different way? So the Associated Press has been using AI in various capacities for a number of years uh, even before the the current hype, mm. um, to do you know some small tasks that you know are repetitive that AI can be assisting in, in like stock stock reports and things like that. Um, and we also have a, a journalistic program that actually covers AI. Uh, and then thirdly, we have a, a widely used style book that is used throughout the, the field of journalism. And one of the things that we just did was to uh, add a new chapter in that style book on covering AI. What are some of the things? What is it? What are some of the things to look for? How to cover it without buying into some of the hype that you hear about AI, but also looking at algorithmic bias and mm. AI bias. So let's talk about that algorithmic bias, because that is something that we've certainly seen in terms of when we look at, at even issues around Google and much of that kind of stuff. Right. Talk to us about it and explain it to our listeners. So algorithmic bias, it's, it's basically bias that is built in by those who build these, these, these systems. Uh, and sometimes, you know, it's not implicit. It's just that they're not considering, you know, other things um, like, you know, race, gender, things like that, when they're building the, the, the systems. And, you know, the, the, one of the, the old phrases is like, you know, junk in, junk out. So if you train um, mm. algorithms on certain data sets, if those data sets don't contain information about race, gender, uh, economic uh, status, then you have a bias that reinforces the societal biases that we we see just generally. So, so Ron, 
we, you know, I'm just looking at one of the message from one of our listeners saying AI can work with us or against us. Um, True. But also looking at that idea of how it can look at issues of disinformation, misinformation, and fake news, uh, biased facts, etc. How do you work yeah. against that in the media? Well, I think one of the, uh, again, one of the things is actually training journalists yes. how, what AI is, what it can and, and can't do, but also how to spot things that are generated uh, with these, these algorithms. Um, so I think, you know, again, the, the, one of the key things here is really understanding what it is, because I, I think a lot of people think that it's something that's coming in the future, even though it's in widespread use now. I know ChatGPT mm. uh, that people heard about late last year is sort of all the rage right now, but AI has been around for some time. Mm. And so just getting people to understand what it is, how to how to think about it, how not to to buy into a lot of the, the hype about it, because, you know, it's using things like facial recognition and other biometric technologies that, that are out there. So just and then you can generate things with with AI that sometimes look very real. Uh, and there are some tools and techniques that can be used to to um, to counter those things. We don't have much time left, so I'm going to be cheeky and I'm going to ask you this question. We, Seeing as we are talking about artificial intelligence, we saw Sam Altman being unceremoniously dismissed yeah. from OpenAI, which is, of course, the company behind ChatGPT. Right. That was yesterday or possibly the day before. My timing is all out now at the moment. And now, today, I read that he may, in fact, be going back. What's your What's your betting on that as a betting man? <laughs> I have no, I have no clue. I'm going to be completely honest here. It is the most bizarre thing that just came out of nowhere, and and it just gets weirder the more you read about it. So I have no clue. What's going this, to this is not one you'd put your money on. Uh, it is not. <laughs> Ron, good to chat to you. We look forward to hearing you speak this week and. Uh, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Ron Nixon, Vice President, News and Head of Investigations, Enterprise Partnership and Grants at AP Associated Press.